my spidey senses tingling. Hello. He's the dungeon master of our hearts, asking us to roll for initiative for sound quality. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 87. Welcome to the show. Uh, We talk about industry news, the books we're reading, you know, the four of us, four friends together, holding hands in this crazy comic world forever. Uh, We do a book club. Yeah? Todd McFarlane. Image. Spawn. Thanks for tuning in together with us. Uh, let's go around the room. Yeah, this is the first time you're checking out a comics podcast. Boy, are you in for a treat tonight. Uh, sitting to my left, VP of merch. He's a father. Two kids. He's addicted to alcohol. Uh, okay. He is a dear friend of mine. Dale underscore I, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, apparel. Can't get it off my mind. Hmm. I love I love what's in your head right now, Dale. Just, I just love it. Just death. saying. Um, doing a little jig right now. Some kind of Irish jig. With his, with his pale, his freakishly pale face. He is, he's a fanfic wizard. He's known on the circles of the internet. Uh, he is an unpublished writer, is what I'm trying to say. By choice. Jonesy Loves Beer, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, and I'm happy to mess with your visual filters, the World Wide Web, over. I don't know what just happened. My paleness is messing, 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 <laughs> methamphetamine with your monitors. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna leave. I'll see you guys later. Give it up for uh, finally, making his just glorious return to the show. He was, he was much needed. I think. You know, there's a void left, mainly a black person void. He is filling in. He is black. He's the star of the show. He's a Batman genealogist, officially. He's a DC historian. He's an actor. I mean, what else is there, right? Uh, Mark Farrington, thanks for being here. It's good to be back. What's the good word, y'all? You. You're the good word. Yeah, he is. Uh-huh. It ain't even Valentine's <laughs> Day yet. I'm feeling the love. Uh, what a show we have planned tonight. Spawn. Did you guys hear me say that we're talking about Spawn later in the show? No. The cartoon I... from HBO? Ooh. Remember I wish that? I had time to watch that. I'll tell you what. Mm. It's on the YouTube. Um, I had the floppies of this book. I'm just going to tease it right now. I have the floppies. 
mm-hmm. in Bloomfield, New Jersey. The bowels. Uh, what's happening in the world of news, Dale underscore A? We got some things to talk about this week, gentlemen. Oh, I can't oh, wait. Oh, boy. Uh, first up in the world of Marvel books, prose. We had a little discussion about prose books uh, a couple episodes back. You know, and, I, and then I tweeted a picture of my Weapon X novel. Uh, two uh, female-friendly, female-encouraging prose books coming out. Really? The She-Hulk Diaries. Mm. Much like the, uh, probably much like the Carrie Diaries on the CW, which I've never seen. Uh, <laughs> and we'll uh, talk about uh, Jennifer Hulk. Is that her name? I think, yeah, her last name is Hulk. Jennifer Hulk, yeah. Um, we'll talk about, you know, her struggle to make, make it in uh, in the legal industry as well as being a Hulk yeah, fighting <laughs> crime. But really, the legal troubles are more important here. <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, you make it engaging, make it good. And then another one, The Rogue Touch. Hmm. Rogue I getting like, her is own. Is that the title, The Rogue Touch? I the like Rogue Touch. Yeah. The Rogue Touch. It's uh, sensual. It's, uh, you Do know, it, it dismally. Do it <laughs> slowly. <laughs> do simul. Uh... Yeah, so what's happening? So that's cool. They're they're out by Hyperion Books, and I thought I'd get more feedback or something from you guys, but you guys don't care no, about I, the new segments, really. Uh, so, uh, man, but there's my sigh. So everybody drink. I think this is phenomenal. So everybody drink. Oh God. I just I don't think those books ever hit with anybody. That's like when they do um, novels for like CW TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, like one hit, one hit tree, the uh, the novel, or um, what's the other Smallville, the telenovelas of the CW <laughs> part of the mythos. They're uh, they're it's just not gonna do well. I mean, what, just announced that they're they're gonna cancel the line, along with the announcement that they're starting the line. Just get it over with, <laughs> and then just tell us that uh, Barnes and Noble is closing a fourth more stores in the United States. <laughs> I I do question I do question the I, I don't know. I mean I, I guess they believe in it, you know, and and this is certainly a niche market, uh the She Hulk especially. It's uh it's a stretch, but I guess there's you know, there's folks out there who uh, could possibly pick us up. I can't even look at the cover of the book because there's just a tube of lipstick on there, and that freaks me out. I mean, a tube of lipstick freaks me out. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I don't know. Uh, you know, just just no more books, right? What do you think about these novels, Mark? I've only ever read two of them, and they were good. This guy. But they weren't Marvel female books. Right. One was Greg Rucka. He did a novelization of Batman No Man's Land. So good. So, so, so good. It's probably shorter than the actual No Man's Land arc. <laughs> Except there were no pictures, which made it kind of a pain in the ass to read. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was like Crisis of Infinite Arts. I kind of agree with y'all. I can't imagine why they're doing it, but they wouldn't do it if they didn't think they'd make money. That's a fact. That's business. Exactly. 
I wonder what test groups are like. Yeah, this is going to be a huge hit. I always yeah, question with uh, with these with sales like that. Uh, you know, Hyperion Publishing obviously sells this to. There's no diamond. There's no like middle. So I think it's just like Barnes and Noble buys it from Hyperion. I'm guessing, but you know, Amazon places an order. Barnes and Noble places an order. Hyperion's made their money, right? They don't care about. Oh yeah, they don't care about the, the so if, end sale. If Amazon loses money or Barnes and Noble can't move these books, it's not Hyperion's problem at that point. This is all conjecture. I don't know, but I'm assuming that's. Uh, I'm going to assume that in ten years the pages are going to line the insulation of new homes. <laughs> that's how well it's going to do. Jonesy, you uh, planned that line. You have that line written down earlier today. <laughs> no, I, I had a cup of coffee, babe. I'm dialed in again. Guys on the DIY, DIY network Saturday mornings. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, DC. Let's get a little uh, somber here. Love, I love DC. Six titles being canceled from oh. the DC. Six. That's like crunch the numbers for me, Jonesy. You're good at that. That's like, <laughs> That's like uh, one seventh grand a month. That's one seventh of their new fifty-two. That G damn number 52 they got to keep 52 in circulation seven like, six uh, of those suckers getting canceled 60 percent of k allen boone's poll list okay <laughs> actually this just in k allen boone from the ac podcast just killed himself after hearing <laughs> this news <laughs> Poor the, guy. What, what what books uh, are getting canned so deathstroke savage hawk man to rob liefeld you know former books right firestorm no, they're canceling that book. I love that book. No one's going to miss that poopy title. I'm going to miss that poopy title. <laughs> the poopy That's title. inappropriate. You're the, only one. the Ravagers is, is... Oh, jeez. I don't even know what that is. Who? What was the book title? And, and believe it or not, that was the most, the highest selling of those six, The Ravagers. I feel bad for um, uh, that book that Jonesy's always talking about, the writer who's doing Team 7. That one's getting canceled. Oh, Yeah. Uh, let me see. He, uh, the what's that book called, Jonesy? Where the guy um, gets the the muscle stuff and he becomes a superhero from Image. Talk about Luther Strode. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. writer of that. He he did the Team Seven, and that was like a I think his first big two book, and now it's getting canceled. I I wonder if they're just going to replace him with another six books. I don't. That's what I don't understand. Like, what are they? What's the end game here? Why even bother? I mean, if, obviously, with the new Fifty Two, they—I tr- mean—they just tried to come out with the fifty-two best ideas <laughs> that they could yeah. come up with. What now? I mean, uh, a She-Hulk Diaries book in DC? I don't under- i don't know. <laughs> Think so? Maybe, maybe they just need to do uh, what Marvel's doing and just find like twenty pretty solid titles and put and just put them out twice a month. Maybe they should uh, publish in paper form the new. Digital first Superman series. Segway of the stars. Uh, no continuity in this Man of Steel digital first book. Chris Somney lined up to do an your issue. Uh, Change your pants. With Jeff Parker, She-Hulk, uh, Red She-Hulk related. Orson Scott Card, Whoa. the famous uh, Ender's Game and anti-gay marriage person. Mm. 
And uh, is that on his uh, bio in the back of the book jacket? <laughs> it is wiki, especially as anti-gay marriage person was the actual <laughs> title. Anti-gay marriage person of the year, Orson Scott Card. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the list of uh, the list of artists and creators lined up to do this book. I'm pretty excited with it. I'm just pretty excited for it. I'm excited. I think it's great. They need to do. They need to add Wonder Woman next to the uh, to the thing. Mark, you got to be stoked about this. The digital continuity free Batman books are the best Bat books I buy. Man, did you guys just read the current one uh, wrapping up where Batman's broke and he's got to try to make it work without his gadgets? Spoilers. I, I did not read. <laughs> How's that spoilers? That's like a three issue arc. <laughs> are you reading Little Gotham? Little Gotham. We're moving on. Did you hear the hackle? Nope. The Wheeze of Doom from Don Garvey. Don Garvey is a. Uh, He's just a podcast uh, impresario. I think he's now hosting 30 podcasts a week, uh, and that was his wheeze. So we thank him for tuning in. But we need to get into the comic talk, you know? We're running out of tape, officially. Um, I might start us off, you know, myself. Just going to throw you a curveball. Yeah, do it. Right now. Uh, Let's talk about a little book called Strike Force Moratori. From Marvel Comics. You heard about this? No. Uh, we're getting into the time machine, you and I, together. Uh, and we're going into the year of... Give me three seconds and I can tell you what year as I punch into the console of this time machine. 1986, friends. Uh, Marvel Comics, it was a strange era. You know, they're doing these crazy books that aren't about Wolverine and Spider-Man and Bat and uh, not Batman. I don't know why they would do that, but <laughs> uh, the Avengers and, you know, some awful Thor run about him, Asgard, falling and he's got to save it. You know, it's just trash. Yeah, that Jurgens run on Thor. Drink. Uh, so, Strike Force Moratori, you want to think of Starship Troopers, essentially. Uh, there's a war happening. And you better be ready for it. The aliens are coming to Earth, and they're battling us. And the humans, they're not doing so hot. So they develop this scheme that speeds up uh, your metabolism, you know? And not only that, but it gives you superpowers. So this, this, this process, it's like the super soldier serum, pretty much. Okay. The, uh, so you got these super soldiers based to fight the aliens. The problem is these superpowers just burn out your metabolism and you have less than a year to live What? Whoa. when you sign up for the process. So uh, the first issue is about this guy making the decision if he wants to sign up for the process. You sign up knowing that you'll die in less than a year. So it's kind of like signing up for the army and like we're just in the worst war possible, and you pretty much have no chance of coming back. Um, the tagline of this book is pretty funny. It's "We who are about to die, strike force moratori." It's pretty. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, Brent Anderson is doing art, and if anyone's reading Action Comics, I think he came on and helped out uh, on art duties for Action Comics for a few issues. So it's a name, you know. It's a, it's a fun book. It's we, it's really weird because it's it's a book from Marvel that's not one of their licensed characters. It's, it seems like an out-of-continuity Marvel book, which is so bizarre to me. Yeah, I like Especially from that era. Who knows what was going on then, though? I mean, Drugs? 
But Maybe. That sounds uh, sounds like a fun book. I'm going to put that on my list of books Slim recommends to me, but I never get to read. And it's the longest list I think ever made. Somebody please start that list. Over a thousand followers on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, speaking of never having time to read anything I recommend and ignoring me in general, Dale underscore A, newsman. Uh, he needs a haircut, like? but, you know, let's let's talk to him about what he read this week. Too busy drumming up the news for the show to uh, <laughs> read anything. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Snapshot. Andy, Snapshot. Andy Diggle and Andy Jock. Right? <laughs> no? Diggle and Jock, Jock, the famous duo uh, of comics, dumb uh, started this uh, number one in Image. Snapshot is about this comic shop employee. Love it. Named Jake Dobson. He's biking through the park of San Francisco, some famous park, I guess. Golden Gate Park. Finds a uh, cell phone on the ground. Picks it up. He's like, "Man, look at this. What's what's this fancy new smartphone?" Oh my god! Puts it in his pocket. Takes it to the store. Uh, his buddy, his buddy, and uh, comic store mainstay customer there waiting for the shop to open. They, um, the phone rings, and the person on the other end claims to be a member of the San Francisco Police Department. They're working on a case. If he found this phone, just keep it on his person so somebody can come pick it up. Uh, as uh. As the cops are on their way to pick it up, he looks on the phone. He wants to... I don't I don't know his motivation, but he finds pictures of a dead body mm. on this phone. Bullets <clears throat> in the guy's head, pinky missing off of this guy, this poor dead body. Uh, the police show up. I use air quotes because obviously, oldest trick in the book, it's not the police. This guy's ready to kill Jake for... Seeing obviously this hard evidence of murder, and Jake's on the run, runs to the real police department. Uh, he's having it out with like the front desk clerk, detective guy. He's like, I found uh, a dead body on this phone. The cop's like, It could be anything, it could be you know, uh, a, a, a fake, it could be a mannequin, it could be a prop from a movie. We don't necessarily know it's a dead body, and Next, the victim that's on the phone, the dead body, shows up to the police department and says, I'm sorry, there must be some mix-up. This is my phone. Uh, I'm running some sort of murder mystery. And it's all big misunderstanding. So Jake Dobson looks like a total tool. And <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the end of that. I've uh, come to the end, and it's just there's a there's a twist ending. I don't want to surprise it. It just came out yesterday, and uh, it was a good book. I it's probably going to be read better as a full story. It's only going to be four issues long. Hmm. Um, I think I question some of the motivations of Jake Dobson, and some of the writing seems a little sketchy, a little wonky. But the cliffhanger at the end was pretty darn interesting and and i'll be reading the next issue based on that alone did you do you know if this was serialized in a magazine before it became a monthly comic i have the feeling it was i don't i just 
like 2000 AD or some such. You know, I I wondered. Actually, maybe I I started doing a little bit of research, um, and it, it was like announced back in 2011. So yeah. it's very possible that it could have been serialized in a, in a different way, and uh, just put out in a comic now. But I I don't know for sure. Yeah, I like it. It's a black and white. Interesting uh, choice. Yeah, for Jock. You yeah, know, from Black Mask, Black Mirror, Fame, whatever that book is called. Batman. That's what I'm getting at. Batman. Speaking of Batman, uh, the Batman historian, the local historian on the show. Wearing a, he was wearing a D12 hat, custom made. You can't even buy it. Mark Farrington, welcome. Good to be back. What am I reading? I read Hawkeye number seven this week. Oh, yeah. Matt Fraction's mm. own Hawkeye. Mm. The book is split into two halves. First half deals with Clint Barton Hawkeye. Second half deals with Kate Bishop Hawkeye. But it's taking place during Hurricane Sandy. The first half with Clint shows him and one of his neighbors, one of his supporting cast, dopey guys. He's driving this guy up to, I think, Long Island so that he can make sure his elderly father is okay while, before Hurricane Sandy hits. And, of course, by the time they get up there, Hurricane Sandy hits. He's worried about getting his father out. His property, his memories of this home are all destroyed. In some way, somehow, this guy manages to patch up his relationship with his father ever so slightly. And in the midst of this adventure, Clint realizes, I don't even know my neighbor's name. Next part of the story, Kate Bishop is on her way to a wedding in AC. And Hurricane Sandy hits. She proves that she's a real hero when she dives into the parking garage flooded in water to get her bow and arrow to get medicine to make sure that one of the patrons at this wedding is okay. She solves a, She tries to stop a crime. She's attacked by looters. And the people of New Jersey rise up to help her. Mm-hmm. Governor Chris Christie with cameo, maybe? No, there aren't he enough panels to get his belly in it, that book. Ooh, my word. Mark. Jeez. I don't know he how... He could be the president one day. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Clip two back. things in this book. One, I've been kind of ambivalent towards the Hawkeye phenomenon. I've been reading for seven issues, and I still don't get it if I like it or not. Oh, my God. And then... Oh, Jesus. I don't know if I like when people use... When comic writers use national tragedies in their stories. This one, sometimes it can feel a little trite and contrived. This one didn't. It's hard to explain, and I think the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because I wanted to see if anybody else knows what I'm talking about. Take, for example, Jeff John's Green Lantern. His newest Green Lantern's backdrop Shocker. is from... the His history is from September 11th. That just seemed a little corny, trite to me. I didn't like when JMS did it in Spider-Man, his... When Dr. Doom cried. When Dr. Doom cried, thank you. Get out of here. And I didn't know how I feel about using Hurricane Sandy in a background to a story. Well, I, th- I mean, with the world tragedies, I think, I mean, it's. I guess it could be relatable for a lot of people, maybe, and, and it kind of ingrates, like, so it's like, it's more, 
you're reading events more happening in the real world. But also, I think it's probably an easy win for the creator to to uh, you know write something like that. I mean, it's going to tug at the heartstrings no matter what. Um, Plus, he's donating his uh, check from this book to Sandy Relief. That is cool. I heard about that, and that's real cool. You can't fault him for that. Mm-hmm. And if you do, I will slap you in the mouth on hey. this show. Speaking as a man who was personally affected by Hurricane Sandy, I know you and Mrs. Slim were without power for a little bit up there. Uh, We were were without internet, and we had to stay in the same apartment for several days. Oh, my God. I mean, as a married man with a young child, um, I can tell you firsthand, that is a strange place to be in, you know? Where were you? One room. Where were you then, Clint Barton? Yeah, where was Clint rescuing me? Yeah, from some that kind of scenario. internet arrow that he could shoot into your laptop. <laughs> some kind of Wi-Fi fi- arrow. Yeah, some kind of like Hawkeye Fios arrow that he could have, you know, <laughs> shot me in the rear end with. Right. Um, you know, there's a special place in my heart uh, for other people besides this person, but I want to hear from him anyway. Jonesy loves beer. You <laughs> are a very talented fanfic writer. Fanfic that's, aficionado. That's, that's just fact. No one disputes it. What did you read this week? Does he go by the username, uh, the pen name, one of these days? <laughs> hi CW Telenovela 1. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about a monkey brain book. Mm. And that book is called Fabula. Fabula. Get in it. Uh, Dalton Rose... Uh, artist who worked with Sam Humphreys doing his own writing and drawing on this title. It, uh, the synopsis is just this snapshot fairy tale of, uh, you know, a couple demons are sitting around a fire in the desert and, uh, this little girl with a sword on her back pops up. Who's like this cheerful, like, hi, how you doing character? And, uh, proceeds to slaughter all of them in, uh, her quest for treasure. Don't need to know more than that. Uh, what you do need to know is uh, this tells a lot through the art. The art is great. It reminds me of uh, the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker game where it was like cheerful art with like a dark story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very punchy, very quick. You can read it in 10 minutes. It's only 99 cents for, I believe, 19 pages. Mm-hmm. Not 100% on that. And uh, it's a dollar well spent, and I'll be happy to pick up many issues to come. Uh, Fabula, little fantasy story from Monkey Brain, and uh, it it's really good. I recommend everyone pick it up. Yeah, it's a buck. Can't go wrong. Monkey Monkey Brain's coming out with the hits right now. High Crimes. You read High Crimes, right, Jonesy? I have not read High Crimes. Yeah, um, I'll edit that out. I'll make it seem like I wasn't. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Ready? Else. All right, everybody stop. <laughs> I have read High Crimes. It's great. And you enjoyed it, and you called me on the phone, and we talked for like a, an hour on how High Crimes was fantastic. And, and I, I discussed how thoroughly I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I was on my couch with a cup of coffee with my legs crossed. I, yeah, that might have been the case. Or you were mm-hmm. on the toilet and you or were just pushing writing a fanfic out. during the conversation. <laughs> writing High Crime fanfic. Jonesy's uh, always calling people on the toilet. That's the problem. That is, it's a huge problem. It's an epidemic. Video calls call are even worse. You know what I'm saying there, babe? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're running out of time. Two sentences or less, lightning round. Uh, the people want to hear Spawn talk. 
uh, that would sound like a great call-in show, but we'll get into that in a minute. Two Sentences or Less, uh, another book we read. Uh, let's see what I want to talk about. Hit Girl number five from uh, our dear friend Mark Miller and company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last half of this book is without a doubt one of the most violent books I have ever digitally paged through. Uh, but that doesn't mean it was any less entertaining. Fearless Defenders, number one. I'm still not sure who this Misty Knight character is, but you get Colin Bunn writing Valkyrie kissing another woman, and then a team up with Valkyrie and Misty Knight. I'm in for issue two. Babe. Let's some candles over here, babe. Masters of the Universe, number one, The Origin of He-Man, by Joshua Filecove and Ben Oliver. After watching Prince Adam hold aloft his magical sword and say by the power of Grayskull and battle his uncle Skeletor, I'm ready for the ongoing. Enough said. Rebuttal. Rebuttal. Lightning and rebuttal. We got it. I have it notated. <laughs> Lightning round book, go. Legend of the Shadow Clan, issue one, Aspen Comics. Get ready for some mega ninja action. But you just try to figure out what the H is going on. You can't. A lot of emotion in that. A lot of emotion. I'm feeling the energy. The wind column is going to get broken into splinters. <laughs> Tackle. Uh, Todd McFarlane's Spawn right now, 1992-ish. Folks, set the stage. You know, I was uh, just a virile nine-year-old at the time, going to my local shop, Claude's Comics. You were a what? Uh, nine-year-old at the time. And virile. And virile was what I said. Oh. Claude's Comics. Everyone remembers that in Hepro, PA. Claude was the dog, yeah. He had a dog named Claude, and the dog ran around the store having a great time. And we bought our comics there, and we lived. What's Spawn about, Jonesy? Special Agent Al Simmons dies. Betrayed? Question mark. And makes a deal with the devil. A devil. He's not named. Could be any, any kind of devil. And uh, comes back to Earth as a hell spawn, a super-powered agent of hell who uh, just wants to be with his wife, bro. But uh, as it happens, the devil had some fine print in their deal. And Al just wanted to see his wife and, you know, just to be with his wife one more time, he would sell his soul. Well, flash forward five years, his wife is married to another man with a kid. And uh, Spawn is burnt to a crisp and is a unwitting agent of darkness. So, will his morals break through and make him a hero? Yes, they will. That's it. That's just not, that's not much happens in the, in the first volume. <laughs> the first volume is pretty much him just 
thinking about what's happened. And literally, he does nothing for four issues. And I remember like <laughs> thinking in my head as I paged through these, like, what was the reader thinking when he was reading this book? I mean, they sold almost two million copies of issue one, and like nothing happened with him. And there was even a point, I think, at the end of issue two or three, where they say Spawn is going to fight Violator in the next issue, <laughs> yeah. and they're like and they're face to face, and the yeah. next issue. That doesn't start out that way at all. In fact, Spawn is like, man, I, you know, like that weird thing that happened last night with when I was facing off with that Violator guy. And they don't even address <laughs> how the conversation they had ended, why they broke apart, and why they stopped talking to each other. It just stopped. Uh, but I tried to find out, like, what the shipping schedule was for this book, but I didn't dig deep enough. Because I remember there was, like, one issue, I think the Angelina issue was, like, a year late or something, something wacky, something super crazy, but I guess not that crazy around that time of image. I'll tell you, um, couldn't be more disappointed <laughs> with what I had built in my head. Yeah. What I was ready to read, like the fandom, like I remember seeing that movie, uh, like what, what, to me was a summer blockbuster back then when I was a kid, really loving the Todd Mc, uh, McFarlane spawn action figures. You know, I had one of the ones where it was a middle age or middle ages spawn, medieval spawn, medieval spawn, and the figure with the cape was like a foot and a half, and mm. it just seemed in the book all Spawn did was stand very still and watch his cape billow out and think he said very God a lot, yeah, and think very hard about Wanda and the fact that she had a kid, and that was it for four <laughs> issues. And then by the time he becomes this kind of avenging devil character in the fifth issue, you're like, that was the first volume. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the longest still setup to what the format of the comic will be. Like, I don't, like, if you were reading this book month to month, you probably killed yourself. <laughs> like, it, it was, <laughs> like, how did he, and I feel like there's going to be this outcry after we do this episode of, like, the McFarlane Spawn fans, and they're just going to tell me how I don't get it. But I know, I don't get it. Anybody who has an outcry at your accurate-ass comments, reread it and tell us that it was good. Accurate-ass comments. You. Mark, I love there's, I miss you, buddy. There's actually, uh, n- it's a known fact that there's not many original fans left because they've all killed themselves. <laughs> Two, almost two million. Uh, Spawn, yeah, like, I don't know what the heck else to say. I had, I mean, this guy, Spawn and McFarlane spawned an empire. Nice. The 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 action figures alone, I mean, this this comic, this character, at one, I'd, I'd like to know what his net worth is now, but, I mean, he, this guy... Spawn had a license to print money. I mean, it was just it was just pushing action figures at the time, and McFarlane was is amazing at action figures, uh, over the top. But I mean, I I was just so ready to be impressed, even if even if uh, you know the action was garbage wildcat style action. Oh, I I would have been. I was more prepared for that because at least it was Spawn, and Spawn is a BA, and he can kick A. He, there's no action in the in the book. There's no action. His chains don't do anything. His cape don't do anything. He's he spends more than four pages 
stressing about the fact that he can only turn into a white guy. But it's not that funny. It's not even like comic relief. He's just like, oh, I'm back and I can change into a human form, but it's only a white guy. And I used to be black. Like, he doesn't, he's so mad about it, but it's not, I, I think it's supposed to be comic relief, but it's not that funny. I mean, do you guys remember how awesome that HBO animated show was? Absolutely. Like, the first is, the first episode with Billy Kincaid. I mean, uh, it, was, it was great. With uh, Keith David as the voice of Spawn and, like, every scene blew your mind. I, like, I was like, this is, when I got those issues and my grubby little Irish hands, and I was like, this is going to change my life. And it did. It made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I need to interject. I was thoroughly entertained with my reread. I Spawn is a huge piece of my youth. When I I remember distinctly going into the comic shop ready to buy this issue, I was I don't know how I was a part of the era where if I knew what was happening that he left Spider-Man, I think my brother told me, but I remember distinctly being pissed off that it was a dollar 95 and i think this was the first comic that i remember wow really being out that was a dollar 95 and i and i don't think i could afford it because i came into the shop assuming it would be like a dollar 50 or a dollar 25 and i remember i think the cover was like was the the gloss was on that cover was different than what was out on the stands and i there's the combination of i mean spawn is literally batman and spider-man in one character in, in like in design and and pretty much just design, but it's design, yeah, yeah. The I I I loved I loved rereading it. I loved remembering where I was when I first reread it. I loved thinking back to that era of you know missing. Like I don't I didn't keep up with the book when I was younger. I remember I bought like every twenty issues. I would come back and reread Spawn, mm-hmm. and I remembered thinking of the era where he died, where the countdown timer went down, and he was re he had a new costume. You know, he had the big boot or whatever the hell that was. And I I like it's not a good comic. I don't really right. think it's good at at all. But it 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 entertained me and it brought me back to that era of that like 1992 and there was a weird like Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns vibe with the the, the news stations that I remembered like you could see Tom McFarlane was trying to do his like own version of those books mm-hmm. you know yeah with... the, the influence is is clear I, mm-hmm. that's one note that I did make it, it you know it looked like he had studied at the altar of Frank Miller and just that era of I'm gonna tell this dark tale that's got an agenda and is uh you know poking at politics and and is cerebral and and is bigger than the what's on the pages but it it just it had all those elements but but it didn't bring it together the way that the dark knight returns did or even uh frank miller's ronin like it just it didn't it was not i didn't think it was a very substantial book I can I can say that I think I've had I had the most fun reading this book and I and it was an easier read than all the other image launch titles we've read together so far. I had fun in that sense, um, and that and that was nice. It was e- and it was an easy read to. It was digestible. It wasn't like Wildcat's confusion. But I mean, the, 
like what's what's the devil's well in the movie it's Malboja, right? So that's mm-hmm. the devil's name. At all of issue four, like it you it takes you to issue four to figure out what the what the H is going on. And with. the text boxes <laughs> that he adds into those pages it's like he drew it and then forgot that he has like four pages of dialogue to add into this art. <laughs> it's some of the oddest place speech bubbles I've ever seen in a comic, and I don't think I've ever seen it since. Like he was, he probably drew it. He's like, ah, shoot, and then he's got to like <laughs> yeah. draw in these weird, like almost vertical bubbles that just don't make any sense at all. Like even, <clears throat> I, I would really love to see Spawn just tear Billy Kincaid to shreds. I wanted to see action. Like I wanted, to, I was ready for some action. I was ready to see Spawn uh, be able to mentally make these chains bend to his will and have his cape be an extension of his living weapon arms, and just ready to see Billy Kincaid get, you know, destroyed. And it was just like, there's Spawn. There's dead Billy Kincaid. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, and I what I because I kept comparing it to the movie, which. In the sense of telling Spawn's Bad origin, idea, I, I know. In a sense of telling Spawn's origin, I the movie was ten a hundred times better for me than this first arc because you, you get to see Michael Jai White like working through the suit and working, you know, his uh, what he can do and and the the, uh, the mask coming over his face, removing he can move, do the chains and stuff like that. This is just like the, him and the and that. Dumb violator. The, the violator's the stupidest looking thing. I mean, people were probably just Jay Garden all over the place when they saw this violator character back in the day. But his little twig legs and his, they're all like <laughs> super spread apart. He can't even like close them. I liked, I liked violator. I remember. You did. And it's back it's in funny. The day. Uh, no, I liked it when I, re- when I reread it this week. I was looking at violator. I'm like, man. What a great little design he did for Violator. His little twig legs and his, twig. you know, his big mouth and his like yeah. grizzled, his like weird pube hair on his chin. And I, I you know, this is, I don't know, the, the, the pinup pages that he did in this book are gorgeous. It's like, the, you know, it, it's just one, another, for me, it's just another one of those image books that is so weird. It's in a weird time and place where we didn't like Wildcats. We thought Savage Dragon was garbage, and I garbage dragon. I remember Spawn this time around. I had read Spawn when I was younger, and it had a place in my heart. So this is like, you know, how everyone yelled at us for hating Savage Dragon because they they're probably like me and Spawn. But but at mm-hmm. the same time, I do get it that it's just not good. Like it's it's literally, it could have been written or it could have been drawn by like an art student. And with the same text, and people would say like, "This is the biggest piece of garbage," and, mm-hmm. and get out of here. You're you're out of school. You're you're you've been expelled. But because <laughs> it was Todd McFarlane, because it was Image, it's it gets you know held to a different standard. Do you guys want to hear the moment where my heart actually broke while reading this? Uh, there's one panel at the end of a page where Spawn's like. I gotta go break into this government facility to get the updated files on Wanda. And in my head, I flash to the movie where Michael Jai White gets like seven machine guns and his cape's holding a couple machine guns and he's battling back these troopers. Then he hops on a motorcycle and his cape becomes this spike battering ram and destroys like 18 cars in one move. And then I flip 
the page of the comic book, and it was like, I just got back from getting those <laughs> files, and now I know where Wanda lives. And I'm like, what well, that in my head was better than all these issues combined. I should go right now and write some Spawn fanfic where this actually happens. The Spawn Batman crossover, I wish we would read, because that was written by Frank Miller and drawn by Todd McFarlane, and is also very weird. Like he the, he mm-hmm. writes Batman really like Frank Miller writes uh, you know his Batman as drawn by Todd McFarlane it's super crazy and that's another one that's just kind of in a weird place in in history I kind of wish Spawn isn't going on right now I kind of wish it stopped after a certain point because it's not I don't think the sales are doing well at all and it's, it's like, hell no Spawn one now, no right? one is it's uh, not Spawn I have no idea but I mean it's not on anyone's radar like people aren't talking about the Spawn comic. You know, it's just yeah. not a name. Exactly. But a good place d- for them to stop with this book would have been Conception. Jeez, <laughs> oh, wow. Mark, name your name your your biggest beefs with Spawn one through five right now. What did you? I mean, you, were you you look like you were angry reading it? Very astute. I was angry reading this book. We'll start with issue one. One of the things that bothered me was when you go through it. It's got not bad setup. You go through the first page, it's got maybe nine word balloons. You've gone through the second page, it's got maybe five word box captions. Then you get to the third page, and it's the news layout, and it's just one soliloquy after another. That infuriated me. All of that reading you had to do that was boring and exposition heavy, that was one. Number two was the Dark Knight influences. The lightning backgrounds, him hanging over the church, Mm. excuse me, him being on the cross. And then the third one, my biggest beef with this whole entire series volume, I felt like the whole of this book was less than the sum of its parts. If you break this book down into its concepts by themselves, they're not that bad. I think his powers are kind of cool. I think him going back from death to go track down a girl is cool. I think individually him coming back from death and him turning into i guess a white guy just different race that could be cool by itself (laughs) but you put them all together in one book it's god awful and that's how i thought about this book the violator is just like what's his goal in life like he was sent to keep an eye on spawn but he's ready to just kill spawn at the drop of a hat he was he pulled the guy's heart out ready to kill him but he's supposed to keep an eye on him. He's like supposed to be kind of like a, a sassy mentor. But and then he reaches <laughs> and then he reaches into Al Simmons' left shoulder to pull out his heart. Like McFarlane never took a biology class. He uh, you know he's just he, like his the the picture is clearly his upper left clavicle where the, he pulled his heart out of him. Maybe that's where Hellspawn's heart goes. I don't, yeah, I don't know. You don't know. You don't know yeah, when your body's true. all you're charred right. up you're and you're just right. a beast. I was going to say that I thought one of Mark's beefs was going to be that McFarlane drew Al Simmons as a white guy with a tan, essentially. I mean, Al Simmons was, oh, yeah. was not black in any drawing yeah. of him in the past. He just looked like he had like black paint on a white guy's skin. And Prince hair. After a certain point, you just had to let it go. Although, all visceral anger aside, this was not a good book. And I'm sure it sold just off the hollow foil covers alone in the Spawn or Top McFarlane art. Nothing wrong with that. It was a product of its era. 
and and who is this Billy Kincaid BSing to for the, his last day in the mental hospital? They're like, oh yeah, well, you just must be too excited to get out. That's why you're not talking. It's not like you still have anything wrong with you or anything. Uh, and go enjoy yourself. Go kill little girls. Cut their fingers well, off. Win, win, uh, pulled the strings to get him out of prison. We don't know yet why that happened. Oh, that's well, you, you know what you're right. You're right. You, absolutely. You know, Dale, you just got to read the second volume because it gets better. Don't do it, Dale. And that's don't when do things it. get really right. good. And then I'll flash back to my time at Claude's Comics. I'd walk in, pet that dog, and <laughs> pick, give him my one ninety five. No, I refuse to give him all the dimes and nickels. It's too much money. Uh, Todd McFarlane's Spawn. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. I, I mean, I do trust at some point it, it had to have gotten good. Don't trust you? that. You know, it, we trashed Transmet, Savage Dragon, Wildcats. I, I didn't. I just want to put this out there, uh, Mrs. Don Garvey. If you're out there, go check your your husband's study. Make sure he hasn't trashed it in rage. <laughs> uh, because of our opinion, so please help him. Letters at paperkeg.com. Uh, you don't want to email the show. If you want to have your name heard on air, email letters at paperkeg.com. We got a couple in this week. One being from Broken Milwaukee, Trevor. Keggers, what do you make of this Age of Ultron business? What's the story with it being weekly? And he may go broke. P.S. Kegger, well, Broken Milwaukee wants to know when I'm going to be on Tosh.0. <laughs> uh, at least the focus is off my comic book. Wow, when remember is, that? When is your, you know, Mark Farrington, I think, teased his Tosh.0 appearance from for his traveling skit troupe, yeshello.tv. You were going to be on Tosh.0 like two Novembers ago, I think. Yeah, legally, the creator slash producer and my man Joe, he got paid by Tosh, so he owns the skit, but it keeps getting bumped back and bumped back into obscurity, so probably never at this point. He owns it? Yeah, he paid a whopping $300 for it. Oh my God. My word. Nobody's paying us for our Google Hangout videos, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I wouldn't pay anyone to watch these Google Hangout videos, I'll tell you that much right now. Learned a valuable lesson from that Tosh.0 thing. Only point stuff out on social media after it's already aired. Mm-hmm. Or, quit, yeah, or delete never, your Twitter account. I will never let you forget. That is a fact. Life lesson. Or delete your Twitter account. Good one, Dale. Okay. Age of Ultron business. What do we think? Well, I, I'm, I care less. I mean, I'm okay with it being a weekly book because it just, it, you know, if it's a good story, it'll just feed my need faster. Uh, I've had a love-hate relationship with Ultron, mostly because it seemed like every time I picked up a Bendis, Bendis Avengers book uh, in the last couple years, Ultron was involved. Um, I don't have a problem with the Ultron character. I just, uh, for a while there, I thought he was kind of getting overused a little bit. Um, but I think if they're building up this Age of Ultron event to be something um, that I believe it could be, I say, bring it on, Ultron. I think it's funny that Age of Ultron hasn't even started, and Marvel's already teasing their next big event. Which is what? 
What is it? Infinity. That's all we know. And it's apparently starring Thanos. He's big right now. Thanos is real big. Big. Written by the Hickmaniac, the original Hickmaniac himself. Waiting for it in trade. Feel free to spoil it for me. <laughs> Man. Poor Mark. He just hates comics you, you, altogether. You were so hard. Ever since Spawn, you really just become more negative. I mean, I've never seen a book had this effect on you since Scalped. What's worse, I, Scalped or Spawn? Wow. Oh, scalped. Wow. So good. Scalped at least was well written, and I could see why people like it. That's true. That's true. I mean, you got to give Scalp that. I give harsh. Scalp that. Very Spawn harsh. is right up there with Stormwatch to me. <laughs> Just bad. Did anyway, we get any other uh, letters, Mark? We did. We got one from at Evil Hopkins Boy, who loves the show. He would love to hear Book Club on Milligan slash Allred X-Force or Ecstatic Run. Hmm. Also, I hear at Slim may work for Comixology. Can we get these issues up on the app? I promise to buy them all on release day. There you go. I'd love to do like an Ecstatics, I think. I've never read that run, but I've heard amazing things about it. I think someone someone recently was talking about an Ecstatics hardcover. There you go, Dale and Mm. Jonesy. Jonesy, I heard a rumor that you're into hardcovers, too. I'm just starting in case to get wanted, to it. Just in case you wanted to get that. Yeah, I Ecstatics, have six right now. That was a weird era where they renamed Cable, they renamed like K, uh, Deadpool's book, and they renamed X-Force. I didn't, never understood that stuff. I think that's around when Gail Simone started writing Marvel stuff. They also but, renamed X-Man too. Uh, what did they call that? Do you remember? I don't remember. He was like so, a shaman though. Shaman X? Was that, like Ag- that Agent X, right? That was the Deadpool character. Agent X, Soldier X, Ecstatics. Um, I don't know what Nate's was. I had no uh, idea it was all around that same time. No idea. I think yeah, he was it, Agent X. It was. Uh, it was a weird, like weird crossover promotion. I don't mm. know. I'll see what I can do. Uh, Evil Hopkins. Thanks, Evil Hopkins. Last one up is from Mark in Buffalo. Two part question. Slim keeps teasing it on the Twitter, but are Jonesy and Dale really going to do a show? If so, will Mark get his own show? Fair is fair. Love the flap. Hmm. Thanks, man. Yes, Mark. Will you be getting your own show? I will not be getting my own show because I lack the two crucial ingredients for a show. An idea and time. (laughs) What about equipment? Three (laughs) crucial things I'm lacking to do my own show. Uh, What uh, What about Dale and Jonesy? This is a very flap-esque uh, conversation here. Uh, just like we got done telling uh, Mark, uh, warning people to not ever tease anything until it happens. You know, maybe maybe sometime. We got, we have to, ha- we have to have... Jonesy is grinning the, like an idiot right now. I know. Is, there is some kind of thing brewing happening. And For those... I'll get to the bottom of it. On Twitter, so everybody can read about it. <laughs> uh, what a show. Man, Spawn, we all loved it. That's Please, just we that love just to hate comes it. Down That's to for it. sure. Please listen next week, dear listeners. <laughs> when hopefully more than twenty five percent of the hosts have a positive outlook on a book. <laughs> uh, image, uh, you've treated us so well. It's like tra- my transmit. You know what we should do next for Image? Young Blood. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh my God. We'll see everybody next week. Drop in the mic.
wrote down a rebuttal for someone. I think it was he, Jonesy looked like he had something to say about He-Man, the origin yeah. of He-Man. Mark, I thought the secret origin of Adam was the weakest one shot that came out. And I think the Skeletor origin was leaps and bounds ahead of it. These guys are just reading the ass out of He-Man comics, man. <laughs> there, there are not <laughs> enough He-Man it. comics to uh, go around for Jonesy and Mark. Side man. note, uh, the newer animated series was uh, released on Netflix recently. You try getting through that pilot, oh, it garbage. is not good. Garbage. Not good. By the power of garbage, <laughs> I am he-garbage. It was terrible. He Which garbage. is what astounds me, because the books are really kind of good. Yeah, that... Uh, that six-issue mini where they go, like, Skeletor's one, and everybody's kind of trapped in this mind enigma thing was I, really I just want to make a... I just want to point out, we bash why we don't think anyone would want to watch our Google Hangout, and Jonesy's head is 90% <laughs> out of camera frame. Why would anyone want to watch this? I'm telling you. Just, Jonesy, does, is, the ca- is the video not on your laptop monitor right, right now? This, Can you this, not see yourselves? This is the setup, okay? I have a... Empty um, box that used to house my son's sit-up chair, and that is propping the Mac up so you can see us at eye level. And uh, can you see yourself on there when you when you're not on screen? Do you? What's not the right that? answer, Slim? Give me the right answer. <laughs> the right answer is for you to give a crap, Jonesy. That's what your right answer is for. You Walk see that you're not on screen, and you give two craps about it, and you do something better. That's Listen, what it may- is. Maybe I like. Just the right side of my face on screen. Holy God in hell. But if I put my whole <laughs> fat Irish face on there, I drain the color out of people's universe. Why are we even doing video? Why? <laughs> and smash it. Smash everything. He-Man. Thanks, He-Man. He-Man's brought us <laughs> to this place. Yeah. It's that He-Man roid rage. I mean, what, what else can it be? The Skeletor one-shot was very good. It will, was really good. I will good. say that. That's the only He-Man book I've ever read, ever. I'm just that is to completely put my, your loss. I'm putting my uh, Prince Adam J guards up right now because <laughs> I can't take it anymore. You're cringer, as it were. Mm. Yeah. Oh god. No, no other rebuttals well. that I wrote down that I remember. I think that was the only rebuttal. Um, what did you talk about, Jonesy? Uh, what was my lightning round? Oh, uh, Legend of the Shadow Clan, that Aspen Oh yeah, uh, that one anniversary dollar. title. No clue what the H was going on in that book. I th- that's my general opinion of Aspen books. Rest in peace, Aspen. Like, I'm sorry if I, if <laughs> I put you into that pigeonhole, but <clears throat> I, I appreciate their initiative to do one new number one for the next 10 months, and they're going to be a dollar a piece, but make it worth my while, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not picking up issue two based on that. It, it was, I mean, beautifully drawn. Uh, you know, I loved uh, Samurai's Blood. I was kind of hoping for something similar and serious. And it kind of started off like maybe no ordinary family, but with ninjas, but never went anywhere. And then told me another story about the Yakuza, but never married the two stories together. And it ends on no cliffhanger, it just ends. 
It's probably all based on some sketch they found in uh, Michael Turner's office when they were cleaning it out. <laughs> it's some actually of one ninjas. of my old abandoned fanfic that must be floating around. <laughs> yeah, the somewhere. You, you had mailed it to Michael Turner, right. and it was just <laughs> sitting on his desk, so they thought it was his. Yeah, eleven-year-old Jonesy. <laughs> Oh, uh, so the families re- are all ninjas, right? And the Yakuza hires ninjas, and that's as far as I got. Publish it, print it. Somebody get art. Did anybody read New Avengers this week? No, nah, the only I did not. Big two book I read so far was Superior Three. I haven't read anything that dropped this week yet. I I did read that the New Avengers Three was the most important Marvel comic to drop this week. For some reason, it, was, it had a big, big moment in it. Very mm. big. God, what was it? That Spoiler. could impact the Marvel U for many years to come. I'm so annoyed that I just didn't Gray's read back. it. You're, you're gonna have to read it. I don't really want to spoil it for you because oh, it's a damn. big thing. I'm gonna go Man- buy it right now. You know Thanks who's, ma- you know who's really upset about it. Mandy very Boo. upset. Mandy Boo. No, Mandy Boo. Mandy Boo was very upset about it. <laughs> I said Mandy Boo, and you said no. I know I did. <laughs> Just as soon as you said the words, this person's upset, I knew exactly who you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So uh, it must else? be it must be pretty pretty major. The I read Avengers with the Kubert. Adam Kubert did two issues of Avengers. Oh, his, yeah. second, his second issue was the strongest. There was one panel that was pretty fantastic. It was the last one of the book. Are you liking the Avengers run? I'm very confused by it. Very confused. And I think that's in large part to its double shipping schedule. And Hickman is doing some things to account for that like because if you're double shipping a book you have to write two arcs at the same time so hickman was writing the first arc at the same exact time as he was writing Mm. uh issue four or issue six because the artist has to get a head start on things and i remember i remember reading that about bendis so he was writing two different arcs at the same time so that has to be a huge mind f for the writer because I guess it has to reference the the arc before it, but maybe not specific moments because he hasn't written them down yet. So the, the, this two Avengers issues, you know, were re- largely not related to the first arc whatsoever, and they were they were both single issues, like single issue stories. Oh wow! So you could read Avengers four and five backwards for for whatever reason if you wanted to, and it wouldn't matter. But, I mean, it works for him because there's so many members of the team. He could do that. And I, maybe that's why there are so many members of the team because it helps him write 18 issues a year, <laughs> 19 issues a year. That's brilliant. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really weird. I don't know. Maybe if it, I wasn't so inside baseball and I didn't know that they're double shipping, I wouldn't give a crap. I'm trying my hardest because I love the Bendis world of Avengers. And transitioning over to Hickman has been challenging, to say the least. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah. I believe it's that. a thinking man's Avengers. It's not straight up superheroes. It's not the quiet moments that make these people tick. It's all right. Get your pen, paper, and your doctorate handy because you're going to need all three to follow this book. Plus, you have to be ready for like a character moment to happen, and then have Hickman maybe not even address it until forty issues later, and yep. it could be the biggest moment in the history of the series. Exactly. I, I'm not sure if I'm emotionally ready for that. What about um, Matt of the Year? Matt Fraction on FF. Have you guys read that at all? No. Oh, it's, that came out today? No. No, it was, I think it was last week. But Oh. FF or Fantastic Four? FF. Yeah. I am reading FF. So, I enjoy FF. Yeah, it's it's a fun, fun book. As Mark would say, it's a popcorn book, I think. 
uh, Ant-Man having a lot of trouble uh, accepting ownership of the team. The uh, Fantastic Four, you know, the FF are only there to fill in for the Fantastic Four for four minutes. That's all. They were supposed to be gone in the space-time continuum, and it's been like three days, and they haven't shown back up yet. So so uh, they're trying to rein it in and fight crime. Uh, really, really entertaining book. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I just worded it and and paced it like I'm doing a, a round on the round table, but this is lightning round. This is not. This is fireside chat. I mean, I think we should institute a drinking rule where Dale does air quotes. Yeah, only for you. What should uh, the penalty be? Finish your drink when he does air quotes. Fin- I think you have to. Fi- yeah, you have to finish the bottle. Oh, <laughs> oh God! If anybody <laughs> ever tried to play the drinking rules game uh, to one of our episodes, they would die. And Probably without, before without the letters. Of a doubt, I don't think there's. Dead. Is there a solid list? Because no. it, you it, were in charge changed. of it for a while. We put you in charge of it. Oh, that's probably why it never happened. <laughs> what else is really good out there, if anything? I read an all-new X-Men number seven. Fantastic. And it was fantastic. I got to thinking, though. Bendis, at the end of all of his runs, he usually puts all of his pieces back to where they were. So is it only a matter of time before Cyclops comes to his senses and becomes one of the good guys again and becomes an X-Man? He's got his own. He's got to have his own book. The Uncanny X-Men book is his. Mm-hmm. That's like, that follows his team, so I don't think so. The cool thing I heard was that Imanen uh, or, or Marquez are designing new costumes for the all-new X-Men. They're going to get their own new costumes. I heard that. Mm. Think about his Avengers run. Everything that he did in eight years got undone again. The only reason he didn't do that with Daredevil is because apparently him and Brubaker collaborated and the ending he wanted to do fit right into Brubes' opening arc. But corporate toys, they all go back to where they started at the end of the day. So I'm thinking it's a matter of time before Scott's a good guy. What do you think is under the plate of Batman, of the Joker in Batman 16? I've been racking my brain. I have no idea. It can't be Alfred. They can't kill Alfred. I'm not ready for that. Did you see um, Bleeding Cool Firmed ran a cover of uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, and it kind of did a, it was like a spoiler? No, I didn't. A possible spoiler? Do you want me to tell you, or would you rather not hear it? And the world at large. Uh, the, the, so their DC is doing gatefold covers for like an entire issue for all their books. And the left side of the cover was Red Hood with his mask on. And the right side of the cover was the mask uh, either not on or tore off, and his skin was the skin of his face was missing. Well, really? So I don't know if that means the Joker is masquerading as the Red Hood, or the Joker did something to his face. Good heavens! Or it's just some kind of weird psychological cover that has nothing to do with anything. Probably. Was there a nightmare mouth involved? So I, don't get that. Um, <laughs> I mean, ha- seeing a skinless, lipless mouth is pretty nightmarish. Yeah. yeah so I guess you could say, yes, it was a nightmare mouth. More like canceled in the Red Hood. And the I mean, the only thing... The Red only Hood and the canceled. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is Joker does do something to the Red Hood, and then that makes Jason Todd pissed at Batman again. And then that breaks up the family. Like, he would blame Batman. Because that would kind of be a, a reverse retcon where it sets things back into motion but i i have no idea what the heck will be under that thing i can't wait to read that book 
I do too. They're hinting heavily that uh, Damien is going to bite it. That is silliness. But I don't buy I can't that at see all. It. I can't see Damien. I can't see killing Alfred. Scott Snyder's got a lot of plot holes to tie up in this last issue. I don't know. We'll see. He'll do it. He's the last issue of the arc, or is he done? He's not done writing that book, right? No, no, no. He's on there for the long haul. I wonder if if that mat that cover means that Jason Todd is really the Joker in this book, and it's not the Joker. Maybe you mean like a metaphor? Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. it's metaphorical. Metaphor. It's yeah. deep. Metaphor of the family. What do we? Uh, what should we do for the next book club, really quick, before we wrap up? Oh jeez! I heard a vote for Young Blood. Anybody? Oh God, no! <laughs> I did. I threw that vote so fast. Coming this in summer. <laughs> there an old list, or is there an, any old books or new books people want to read? Either or. We could do a re. We haven't, we haven't really done a recent trade or a recent collection. We kicked around Miles Morales. Oh yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man, Volume Two, Number One, through Five, <laughs> Six. Five. Ramsden just chimed in Craven's Last Hunt. Oh, Ramsden, my dear sweet. Yeah, let's do that. Craven's Last Hunt? Yeah, would you mind? I'm, yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. I'm Mark, in. Craven's Mark, Last Hunt. your thoughts. D12. Ramsden, done. I can do it. I'm all right. I'm all right with it. You heard it here first. Ramsden, making things happen on the Fireside <laughs> Chat here at Paper Cake 87. I wonder if Gen-, if Gen Z will be as vitriolic as he was towards Spawn to get to, to rile up his internet haters. <laughs> yeah. Black suit Spider-Man story. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he'll collapse in on himself when uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when he gets a bad email about it. Self-destruct. He'll be the he'll be the house at the end of Poltergeist. <laughs> uh, Spawn Baby changed Jeff. my life. <laughs> You just move the gravestones. You yeah, just move yeah. the gravestones. I oh, know. Is it headstones? I think it's headstones. Yeah. Oh, good uh, uh, ah, 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 ah. <laughs>